What's up, everybody? Sean here from Old City CrossFit, and I'm here with the great Lauren, a former old citizen uh, and owner of The Daily Rider, the bike shop on 8th Street. How's it going? Hi there. Great to see you. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so you were, you were, is it once, once an old citizen, always an old citizen? Well, anyway, you were, you remember for us for, for a good amount of time. Um, and you, you own the Daily Rider. How long have you guys been in business? So we have just come off of eight years in business and all eight of that on H Street. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And you were previously, um, before the Whole Foods complex got built, you were um, like on 11th, 12th? We were in the 1100 block of H, so a block away from the new Old City location. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and now you're in the block of like where that Whole Foods, Y Down bookstore, what's the address? 600H is that entire block, basically. So we are 600 Sweet D. Sweet D. Very cool. Very cool. So tell me, tell me about The Daily Rider. Tell me about your business. So The Daily Rider is a shop that is focused on people who, you know, ride every day. Um, and they are using their bikes primarily as things for transportation, getting around the city, commuting, um, other tasks like that. Um, we don't dissuade people from riding recreationally. We think that's a fun thing to do, but we're just not about racing. We're about getting from point to point or doing something fun with family. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting because that's kind of our approach to fitness and CrossFit in that like, yeah, competitions, you can do them. We're not going to tell you not to, but our mission isn't to, to optimize that final 10%. So you get the best competitive result possible. It's really to prepare you for life, which is why I think, I think we get along so well and I, I really, I really like what you're doing. Um, that's awesome. And being around for eight years, I mean, we've been around for six, so it's, it's incredible how the streets changed and it's incredible to watch, you know, your transition to a bigger space and it's a beautiful space. So how'd that transition go and how's, you know, how, how are things working now amid this, this shutdown? Initially, the transition was a little bit rough, as you can imagine. Build-out is always a factor. But um, once we got going, um, we noticed that our street traffic, uh, pedestrian traffic, really went way up. Um, we started gathering a lot of new customers. And through this whole situation right now, we've kind of optimized the way that we do everything so that we have zero contact with our customers right now. Um, you bring a bike to us and you're going to leave it outside, load it up, you're going to have that prearranged and we're going to bring it in, sanitize it, and then do the work on it. It's working fairly well for us. Uh, we're booked out half of the month right now and we're also doing bike sales in the same manner. So if you wanted to do a test ride or purchase a bike, contact us for whatever bike you would like to test ride. We'd put it out there, lock it up. You provide a copy of an ID and a credit card in secured file. And we would retain that during the period of the test ride. And then if you like the bike, we'll run your card. That's awesome. So, um, so basically total no contact sale of bikes and bike maintenance. People ride their bike up, they get, they lock it out in the front you pull it off, you do your maintenance, you lock it back up and they pick it up and it's by appointment only for the bike maintenance. It is appointment only for the bike maintenance and test rides are appointment only as well. Um, it's really hard to sort of navigate sort of just what would be walk up uh, sales or service. Um, yeah. Especially with the fact that we are limiting the number of staff that we have inside of the shop as well. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a team A and team B thing with uh, staff members that were not interacting until we knew that 
all the team members that were involved had basically passed through a 14-day waiting period and were completely clear. Um, I still have one staff member who's only off-site as his uh, partner is a healthcare worker, yeah. and we feel that there's a little bit more exposure there, and so he's running the phones for us today. That's cool. It's awesome to see. Like, I, I love all the creative ways that people are um, keeping everybody employed. And, and that's the thing I love about the eight street businesses is, you know, I think everyone here is just, you know, like a person like you just trying to make it, trying to make it work and trying to make it work for your team and make it work for everybody who's, you know, a customer of yours or a potential customer of yours. It's, it's really, it's really neat to see it all come together. So that's, uh, that's good to hear. I think a lot of us who have businesses on H street are either neighbors or um, have a really strong affiliation with H Street and wanted to be part of it. And that's part of the reason that we started is that we saw a lot of businesses that were getting started back in the you know, mid 2010s and wanted to kind of just be part of that because yeah. there was a lot of energy going on at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think because we started in the, at the, towards the end of 2011 and that's you know, it's, it's almost like the pre whole foods era, you know, it's like, it's like before and after. So um, yeah, it, it's interesting to, to be around for that journey. Um, so what, if, if someone's looking to get a bike, what, uh, what are they looking for? I mean, obviously we're talking about like a commuter type bike, a daily, a daily ride type bike, not necessarily a competitive mountain bike or a triathlon bike, but what are you looking for in a daily commuter? So, I mean, Function over form, you know, uh, we're looking at something that for most people, they're going to come in and look at a hybrid or something that is basically a flat bar road bike. Um, but what we're looking for in a city ride is going to be something that can be comfortable. So instead of being hunched over on a road bike, we're going to want to put you a little bit more upright. Uh, we're going to put you on something that has wider tires so that you can actually brave the DC streets with all of the potholes and the road construction. Uh, we're going to put something, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that we can put racks and fenders on there because it's rained the entire month of April and you want to be able to take your groceries home from Whole Foods or wherever. Um, we think that what we sell are functional bikes and bikes that have a job. And so we, want to be able to equip them for whatever you are doing with them. And so all of our bikes can be used for, you know, a simple uh, short commute from say Capitol Hill to downtown or can be used to go from here down to Virginia. Um, and then we can also outfit you with pannier bags for carrying everything you need for work, um, you know, racks to put those bags on. And if you need a little bit more assistance, we also offer electric bikes, which, you know, will get you up to 20 miles an hour pretty quickly and let you maintain that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, uh, what in terms of safety do you do? Um, I mean, obviously like helmets and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you go about, you know, cause as someone, I mean, I've ridden bikes before, but I've never commuted on a bike. So how does that work going from like nothing to being like a, a commuter when these offices open back up? How do, how do you help with that? Right. So if you're thinking about commuting for the first time and you want to develop first what your path to work is going to be. And I think that the best example we can give is part of the reason that we're in this business is that my wife was basically a pedestrian commuter for years and years. And I convinced her to get on a bike and she was really apprehensive about getting on a bike. And once I 
convinced her that she needed to get a bike, it became so much a part of her life. And I saw that it was easy to get her onto a bike with a little bit of encouragement. And some of the shops that we went to weren't really geared towards that. They really wanted to put her on something much more athletic. Mm. So first thing is finding a shop that you can go to and interact with the people, whether it's our shop or somebody that, um, you know, somebody that you're already familiar with, make sure that you go to a shop that is going to provide you with the guidance that you need. Um, the second thing, once you've got that bike, um, finding your route and making sure that it's a safe route to be on is going to be the first thing you can possibly do to kind of optimize the way that your trip can be safe. What I mean by that is, find a route that has mostly uh, bike infrastructure, um, low travel uh, streets, and um, you'll get familiar with where there are bad traffic patterns and avoid those. Sometimes there's also um, ways you can sort of, Google Maps can help a little bit, but that's the first thing for safety. Um, look for where bike infrastructure is and use it. If you don't feel safe, it's legal to hop on the sidewalk, even if it's a little bit annoying, you know, hop on the sidewalk, walk your bike or something like that, but find your safe route. Um, you know, the second thing would be, yeah, you can wear a helmet, definitely. But we push the idea that the safest thing that the city can do is provide infrastructure for cyclists so that we have our own space. So we're not having to interact with cars as much. We're not having to force pedestrians to one side or another on a sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't speak for all of D.C., but uh, certainly in the Capitol Hill Northeast area, there's so many just, I call them like bike highways. Like you get on F Street, boom, you're just, you're just on a bike path the whole way down. Um, they built a nice one on the side of Florida Avenue. Uh, I think there's another one on G Street or, you know, anyway, there's all sorts of ways to go east and west. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot, of, a lot of great options for that. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. We just learned that um, K Street uh, in Northwest is being proposed for a, another one of those routes. So oh, cool. that's going to be a great crosstown route. Um, I know a lot of the time that I go to like dentist appointment in, in Northwest, it's really tough to get over there and I have to do some sort of weaving in and out. K Street route is going to take me directly over to Georgetown. Yeah. Wow. All the way to Georgetown. I didn't even think about that. And that's going to take you right through Chinatown in the, in the heart of the city. So yeah, that's pretty cool. No better time than now to get a bike, especially, I mean, it'll cost you like, it'll cost you like eight or $10 to get across town in an Uber. And so this is just so, um, so economical, it seems. And I think as, as we sort of leave these, you know, COVID times, people are going to want to continue to practice social distancing for the next few months. And I think that with that, a bike is really a great social distance machine. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, okay, so you have a bike, maybe you're already a commuter, maybe you picked up a bike from you. How do you take care of it? Well, so what we see a lot of is that somebody decides that they're going to start commuting and it's a great thing to see in the shop that somebody is bringing their 1980s mountain bike to us and going, hey, what do I do with this? Um, if you've got a bike that's already in the garage, we encourage someone to use that. Don't buy a new bike, just use the thing that you've already got. If you've got right. something, let's talk about that. And really it's down to a few things. A clean bike is a happy bike. Put some air in those tires and lubricate things that move. So clean bike is a happy bike. Well, we wanna clean that thing down because pride of your, your possessions. Mm -hmm. But also as you clean it down, you're gonna kind of learn what things on the bike need to be fixed. If something doesn't move right, if something is, um, you know, once you clean a bike down, we do it in the shop 
primarily because when we strip everything off of the bike and clean it, we can identify if there are any frame issues. Um, you know, far too often uh, in our experience, we'll pull everything off, get through a frame clean, and then find a small crack. Ooh, well, yeah. that's, you know, end of the bike. So cleaning the bike first can really reveal some things and make sure that, you know, the frame is safe. Second thing, put those wheels back on, tires full of air. I can't imagine uh, the number of times that we've just literally put a bike in the stand, filled the tires with air, put a little uh, oil on the chain and then handed it back to somebody and they're like, it rides like a million bucks. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're riding on 30 PSI. So if you just bring the tires up to the recommended pressure, which is going to be on the label on the sidewall of the tire, just bring them up to 60, 70 PSI. You'd be amazed how much that changes the performance of the, uh, the bike that you're riding. Um, so get some air on those tires. Lubricate the chain. And this is where we coach a lot of people to lubricate their chain. And then six months after we coach them, we go, okay, let's stop lubricating that chain. So there's such thing as putting just too much on there. Yeah. Um, and so the balance is really, uh, if you get some chain lube from us, we're going to give you a bottle of Demontech and we're going to tell you, only apply it when you hear noise. When your chain starts making noise at you, that's a signal that you need to start to reapply. Um, so once we've got uh, a little bit of noise, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a single drop per link. And we're gonna put it onto the roller of the chain so that it gets in there in the moving part. Because what that chain is made up of is a bunch of pins and rollers. And those are moving around to provide, um, they're basically like mini bearings. And so you're lubricating the bearings that are on that chain. And if you throw a whole bunch of lubricant on, that it's going to attract dirt and you're going to actually prematurely wear that chain. So we say restrict it down one drop per link, maybe even one drop every third link. It will get on, you know, the rest of the chain. Yeah. Um, roll that through a few times, spin the wheel, uh, and then take, you know, old rag, uh, you know, old CrossFit t-shirt or something like that. <laughs> That's right. So good at more um and then uh run that cloth over it a few times to get off all that excess because lubricant on the outside of the chain does nothing it's right. just attracting dirt lubricant on the inside of the chain is where it does the work that makes a lot of uh, sense yeah so pivot points um things like uh your derailleurs which are the shifters that are on the uh, outside of the bike that actually move the chain across that freewheel or cassette on the back or up and down the um, crank set on the front. Uh, there's all sorts of little pivots on that that you can also touch with a little drop of uh, lubricant and get that moving again if there's any sort of visible corrosion or if it's just a little bit stiff. The other thing is drop or two at the end of a cable will make your shifting improve. Um, and there's ways of doing that uh, Unfortunately, I can't demonstrate right here, right now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you pull that cable out and actually remove the housing, which is the black casing on the outside, and then drop a few drops in the end of that housing, you'd be amazed how much your braking and shifting can improve. And sometimes when we pull the housing down and we see the bare cable underneath, there's a lot of corrosion on there. Uh, rust is a horrible lubricant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so grease the moving parts and uh and make sure it's clean make sure there's air in the tires um all that sounds sounds doable for for a novice um at what point or what types of issues are you seeing people bring a bike in for that kind of like move out of the home maintenance and move into the i need a bike mechanic 
So things that we're seeing are, you know, once again, somebody's bringing a 1980s, 1990s mountain bike to us that hasn't been touched in 15 years. There's not a lot of stuff that happens in storage. Um, a bike is not a car, so we don't have to worry about things really seizing up. But there's some things that might dry out a little bit. Your bearings inside your hubs, um, your bearings inside the bottom bracket, which is the main bearing where the pedals uh, meet up. Um, some of those things may dry up or maybe have never even been serviced. Um, so once we get into things like you know, movement in some of those bearings um, or where, then that's maybe the time you bring it into us and we take a look at it. Um, I would also say that, you know, if you want a comprehensive tune-up um, where you have a bike that just maybe has not seen service in a few years, it's good to start out with that baseline of things that we can do because we're going to take apart your bike basically. We're going to take the wheels off and through it. Um, which is just basically straightening the rims so that they move um, awesome. you know, down the line. Um, we're going to inspect every part on there. We're going to make sure that your uh, any sort of consumable parts on there are not worn out. So chain, cassette, uh, cables, housing, uh, brake pads, all of these things we're going to check and make sure that they're at the correct wear points. Um, if they're outside of their usable life, we're going to replace them. Um, when we get a bike into the uh, shop and we inspect it, we're also going to look at those hubs and look at all of the uh, bearings, the bearings in your headset that actually allow you to turn. Um, we're going to inspect those. Sometimes from the factory, they don't even have enough grease. And so you may have been riding a bike for 10, 15 years and you're riding on factory grease, which is literally just a little... And, <laughs> right. um, you know, sometimes we open up brand new bikes and find that they're devoid of um, enough grease to survive for a few years. And in a city where we get, you know, a fair amount of rain, um, that stuff's going to wash out or, you know, be depleted. So we want to make sure that we protect for that. Um, so sometimes a nice comprehensive tune uh, is a good starting point. Yeah. And then we'll get you on the road to doing everything at home uh, for at least the next six, eight months. Cool. That sounds awesome. And, uh, and one of the things that we had talked about before this, if, uh, um, if you're an old citizen, then Lauren and the Daily Rider are uh, uh, hooking you guys up with a 20% discount on, what was it exactly? I know it's like at-home maintenance stuff, but do you want to go through that? All of our, all of our at-home maintenance stuff, um, we're going to do pumps for your tires, uh, chain lubricant, which can also be used on those cables and other moving parts and any tools that you would need. Um, I'm gonna suggest my favorite tool, which is, we call it the tri-tool in the shop, and it's just a triangle-shaped um, <clears throat> uh, Allen wrench tool. It has a four millimeter, five millimeter, and six millimeter Allen wrench on it, which is pretty much every bolt on a bike. Um, it's between that and a crescent wrench, you can probably attack everything that's on a bike until you get to specialized tools. Um, so something like that, or even a multi-tool, um, we have those in stock and at 20% off makes your maintenance at home even more affordable. That's what I'm talking about. So how can people, um, find out more about you? How can people schedule appointments, buy a bike? Where do they go? Okay. So since we are by appointment, um, you can definitely reach out to us by phone, but I've found that in the past three, four weeks, I hang up the phone, I've got three voicemails. So if you send an email to info at thedailyriderdc.com, um, reach out and let us know you want to schedule an appointment, or even easier, just text us at 
396-0704. And the person on the other end of that will be happy to schedule either a test ride, a appointment for repair, or arrange for pickup of parts outside of our lockbox. Awesome. And if people are ordering supplies, maintenance supplies, and some of the stuff that we were talking about, you can, you can facilitate that by appointment through the Dropbox as well? Absolutely. You give us a few minutes warning, um, you know, depending on who is in the shop during the day, we will either have the ability to get out and get something in our lockbox uh, within a few minutes, or if we've got single mechanic in the shop, we're going to have two different drop times uh, during the day. So typically one at about noon and then one right before we close at five. And if you need a replacement tube or if you need a tool or if you need some parts for a repair that you're doing at home, give us a little bit of advanced warning. Um, we'll take a credit card by phone and then we'll put it out in our Pelican case that's outside. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, uh, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you describing everything that you described. And for those of people who are listening or watching, if you want to support small uh, DC businesses, if you want to support Lauren and the Daily Rider, if you've been thinking about getting a bike, if you need a bike repaired, if you need some parts or some uh, at-home maintenance equipment, thedailyriderdc.com. Uh, is that the website? That is and, correct. And info at thedailywiredc.com. And uh, talk to my man, Lauren, and he'll hook you up. Thank you so much, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Take care.